If they're not into Star Trek, I don't know why they would listen to Data. It is a witticism. Whoever the f*** was in this f- like stupid-ass meeting that decided that Vertigo Comics was going to f- get killed off, like, it's the stupidest shit I've ever heard of in my entire life. The Shadow Crew Podcast. Dread is good. The 2012, the mm-hmm. the new ver. I'm su- I was surprised. I had never seen it. And mm. uh, Judge Dread's like a cool character and story if you do it right. So I think they're thinking about making like a second one to that. Or a, well, they've like been talking about it for a time with Irvin, yeah. yeah. But you know, he's also in the Boys, and he became, oh, you know, and if they ever do another, stuff. they ever do another Star Trek one, you know. He's you know he's he's mad over town use, but when he's in films, he does a good job. You know, it's way better than Sylvester Stallone version. Hey, watch it, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. That was yeah. better. Was it better than Cobra? No. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, it, on every day of the week. What are you talking about? He he runs the same line. I just thought it was Cobra in the future. Was you sure that wasn't? You, oh, I I know it's because Rob Snyder was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? And that spells trouble. When he shows up in a film, you know that they didn't pay for it. Actually, you know, you there. know what I, you know <laughs> what I had a problem with with the Stallone one was is that, like, if you read if it's all, it always pisses me off that my brain does this, but like, if you read the Judge Dread comics. Homeboy's helmet never came off. No, it never did. But if you're Stallone, that shit came off in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> well, because he's Sylvester Stallone. You know, it's like, hey, he didn't do this for the acting paralysis. He did this so you could see his face. <laughs> if they made The Mandalorian in the 80s, that sh- that helmet would have been off in the first five minutes of the <laughs> episode one. TV series. Yeah, because they would have had shown Van Damme as, as uh, <laughs> The Mandalorian. This yeah, is the were. way. This is the and way. His, his opening scene would be in space right on two spaceships doing the splits <laughs> over indoor right with a tie fighter flying through his crotch That'd be that's, how, I, I, that's how mandalorian would open Yeah. I'm telling you, don't suggest that because they will do that. <laughs> they will do that just for it. Hey, they're gonna take whatever they can. They'll take whatever they can now. The man that ruined Street Fighter, the movie. <laughs> Yo, what? It was. It, it wasn't just him, brother. It wasn't just him. Oh, when uh, <laughs> look as soon as they announced who M Bison was gonna be, that was curtains for it. You know, like, Raul Julia's M Bison. That's you it. know, it's all downhill from there. And I don't um, think they've ever done like a like a reboot or anything of that franchise since I think that movie's so bad that they said just never let it be done out oh, of video done, games ever again. They've done some cool like like fan made like what it would be. I've seen some stuff on YouTube. I'm like, damn, that would be cool if they made a movie that they've never actually touched it. I think it's kind of, I don't know. It's like the Mortal Kombat stuff too. It's like the, I don't think they ever got that right. I've seen some fan made stuff though. That's cool. So. So you didn't think um, that, that the Mortal Kombat that they did 
Uh, like I think what last year? Or the year I don't think they've ever made a the, Mortal the non the non violent pointless Mortal Kombat. Yeah, movie they just made. they've I never made a good one. I actually Nothing liked it though. Did now you? there's no yeah. combat in the Mortal Kombat movie. It's <laughs> it's a prequel to the combat, but. I actually liked what they did with it. It's not like there wasn't any fighting or anything like that. Uh, it's just, no, it wasn't a tournament. They should have called it Mortal Convo because <laughs> there wasn't really a lot of combat. Well, hey, welcome it. to the show, everyone. What's the Shadow, uh, <laughs> Shadow Crew podcast on the Shadow Nose Network. Thanks for tuning in. Um, lots of cool stuff we're going to talk about. Including our world famous best of series this evening, and the best of series as a teaser, we'll be talking about the best comic book franchises of all time. So, you comic comic nerds, comic fans, fanboys, stay tuned as we run through the list. But a lot of uh, a lot of stuff coming out on the horizon. Lots of like teasers and trailers. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Six, the the massive game, finally. I mean, it got like 100 million views and it doesn't come out for another year. I mean, it's crazy, though, the hype machine. It, that it thing. broke it broke records. That's no. how crazy it was. But I'm going to be honest, man. I'm going to play it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the it just you made you made like a two minute trailer that broke YouTube. And you're you're going to sit and then you're going to wonder how well your sales are going to do. Don't worry about that. Do you remember when Grand Theft Auto Five came out? the The advertising and the billboards they did mm -hmm, all over mm -hmm. it yeah. was insane. Yeah, like insane. Like you would go and it's just like they literally turned like L.A. into Grand Theft Auto Five with all the billboards. They just took all the billboards from the game and put them out in real life. And I was like, you know what? Whoever's running your marketing department, <laughs> congratulations well, and they made a billion dollars off it they so. did mm -hmm. <laughs> so insane it also was... they uh they started not with fast and furious but i remember uh people were drifting in downtown la and all the rest of the stuff so they they actually uh <laughs> they got the attention of everyone that they needed and it was like a multi-cross i've never seen that degree of like age gaps that all meshed over the same thing everybody i knew was playing that game and now everybody i know has been calling up like, man, you seen the GTA Six, yeah. man? Whoa! I was like, and it, didn't even I know you play video games. There's only, <laughs> there's only, there's only two conversations that I've heard about this, and it one is like, I hope they don't ruin it because it's like the a female protagonist, and like we know what Disney's done with that. But I really don't think that Grand Theft Auto is going to do that, no. Especially based off of that trailer, like. <laughs> I, I think I think it's going to be just as good as everyone wants it to be. I highly respect the fact that um, they're focusing on console because they're not. It's not PC. Uh, well, it, it's not that it won't be PC. It's just that they're focusing on console, and it's not anything other than current gen console. And I think that's I think that's a smart move because Cyberpunk 2077 was a dumpster fire garbage heap trash game because they tried to get it to run on so many different things and rockstar's like no and if you think about rockstar's base man like console is the way to go to launch that because you can you can you can build it out 
everyone's Xbox Series X has the same stupid hardware in it. Everyone's PlayStation 5 has the same hardware in it. So you don't have to worry about it. So you get to control everyone's experience, which is key to Grand Theft Auto 5 or 6. Like, that's key to, like, Grand Theft Auto, everything. It's all about, like, can you control that user experience? And you can because it's the same thing. So I'm... I, I like what they're doing. I think I think they're being smart with it, and the fact that it did that many views in such a short amount of time just proves that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's with the thing with Grand Theft Auto. It's almost the same way. It's now it's come multi generational. You know, like you know, there was like uh, teenagers are playing it. Now they have kids, and now their kids are playing it. It's the same way, like Super Mario Brothers or anything. It's just crossed over well enough, and they've done a good job. Remember. This is six games. It's not like they got like 30 or 40 games in their, their arsenal. It's been a generational thing, and they've done a great job of capturing old and new. So, you know, Rock Rockstar, you got to give them the credit for it. They have still remained very relevant. Oh, yeah, and they're, they're also, they also can name their price because I guarantee you that Rockstar could do a Grand Theft Auto limited edition insert whatever and it's just going to sell like mm-hmm. because if they said oh here's a grand theft auto limited edition ps5 like i'll buy it or like xbox like yeah i'll buy it i don't i really don't care uh and that's coming from somebody that when i played grand theft auto 5 on my 360 i got the ring of death and uh <laughs> when i booted it back up i almost 100 percented grand theft auto 5 that's the important thing here. <laughs> and when i got the red ring of death it booted back up and none of my shit was there so (laughs) i took the game out broke that bitch in half (laughs) threw it away took my xbox i think i smashed it or something and at that (laughs) at that point in time uh that's where i got my first ever gamer tag like major gamer tag which was pissed off gamer uh (laughs) and my friends were like what the hell and i i never touched grand theft auto 5 again until Chris and I tried to play it, I think what was it like two years ago, or something? We were like we're like, oh, yeah. let's just try this because because video games sucked. That was the first time I had played Grand Theft Auto Five since that happened, and that was on Xbox 360. It's a money so making Rock, machine. Rockstar left a sour taste in your mouth, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well they're going to make up. They're going to make up yeah, for it, man. They absolutely did, but I I still to the it's not a bad game. Grand Theft Auto. It wasn't that it was a bad game. It's mm-hmm. just all that. Like, it was the Xbox's fault. You blame Bill Gates, not Rockstar. <laughs> they had well, nothing to do with it. <laughs> I just pushed it out on whoever I could. So, like, but I think, I think it's been uh, ten years in the making. You know, it'll crush sales. They mm-hmm. do a phenomenal job. The voice acting, the realism, uh, all the things. I mean, just what a hype machine. I. To release a trailer and know that it's not coming out for a year and people are still excited is pretty crazy, right? So on the video games front, I think the other thing that we watched was the Blade video game teaser. Yes. And I was sharing with everybody. I was like, I wish that was a movie. Because no that third, that, I was like, gee, like when I, the first time I watched, I had no, I had no idea what I was going to watch. I thought it was going to be like clips of the game itself. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, if this was the movie or a TV series, and then I got to think about like whoever's doing this, they should just give them the keys to like writing the movie or the TV series, and you could keep it animated. Oh yeah. What oh, would yeah. you all think about it? Because I was just like spot on. It captured the essence of Blade, <laughs> and it made you like what a cool ass character, right? 
it, it, made, it made no sense because there's really nothing in that trailer except for like every i don't know it's like there's nothing there but also it just says so much yes <laughs> and it's like it's like uh yeah i mean that's really good writing <laughs> like yeah, good job on on blade a guy getting a shave and uh you know there just happens to be some uh, mutant vampires outside as well, as there usually is well you know the one thing that i gave it was the simple kind of scenario that they did and they did this in a way that you could tell that they put a little bit of attention to the detail first of all it goes to a section of town that not a lot of people go to and it's in a barbershop if you're in that community you know the barbershop is the main mecca things and when he's giving them the shave and everything and he looks, he said, hey, don't be scared. You know, I don't bite. And then you see it. That's like, <laughs> I looked at that it's an automatic buy. It's an automatic buy. I was like, okay, it's, you know, it, you, you got my money, man. I was like, you know, you can stop now because you got it. So, so my my only problem is, is that it's Bethesda. That's my only problem. Because here, here's the thing. Evil Dead was a great game until you got to the end. Mm-hmm. And that's how like a lot of Bethesda games have been. Starfield's fantastic, but it's repetitive, so you stop playing it after a while. Like I haven't touched it in a long time, and I love that game. And I, so I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't have like the Bethesda kiss of well, death. Man. But I don't. Fight. You know. Well, I know that Marvel's doing a pretty good job when it comes to like licensing out their games because they had, I think last year was uh, Midnight Suns. And that looked pretty good. And I, I played that. It was kind of entertaining. And then Spider-Man 2 dropped, I think, earlier in the year. Yeah. And, like, they, they've been doing a pretty good job of licensing because it used to be they just threw it out and it was junk. And I think they're, they're taking a methodical approach more than I guess they are doing on the film front is that they're making sure their IPs live beyond. And that was built. Uh, that trailer was built in Unreal Engine 5. And I was like, wow. They're... Yeah, they should, the work they should that make a t- literally make a movie, make a 90 minute animation mm-hmm. off of that. Um, I mean, uh, I remember watching, uh, you know, earlier Marvel trailers of different games and it would never be like a story based. It would it would never be like a movie trailer it would be just like sequences of the game. And look, after that Avengers uh, video game debacle, there's oh, only... And Chet and I used to play that because it's nah, like, nah. come on, Avengers, man. I mean, it was like badass, but it's just disappointing that it wasn't uh, what it should have been. But I hope Blade does well, man. And I, I would just say if they can cap- capture the essence in that literal 30, what is it, a minute, minute 30 Less second, if they can do the same thing with the movie or the TV show. Wow. It's a movie I think they're making, right? It's not a TV yeah. series. Yeah, Man, that would be mm-hmm. awesome. I just um, don't ruin Blade, man. Like. Mm-hmm. Blade one, one of the best of all time. Don't 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 f this character up, please, please. Um, well, what about films? There's like a bunch of stuff that's coming out. Uh, different trailers. We talked last week. Godzilla minus one, um, and now the hype around Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. So yes, all the controversy around Zack Snyder and uh, the DC verse. How are you all feeling about that? Is this going to be a franchise in the making, like that will be successful, or will this be a, a another dud for Mister Snyder because he's got some some highs and lows, if you will, in his under his belt? Well, I can tell you, he's doing a full circle moment because right as one of his verses is dying, 
he's trying to start another one. So it's kind of like, and I don't, I think that was done on purpose, you know, because it's launching like, you know, uh, like a couple of days before Aquaman comes out. So I think Netflix was like, okay, you know, all the diehard, uh, you know, Zack Snyder fans. Now they have their new version of a Snyder verse over at uh, Netflix and they're capitalizing it. Uh, the only thing is I- I'm, I'm looking forward to um, seeing it because the man is a visionary. But I just wonder if he changed it enough to make it not feel like it technically was a Star Wars story and just a knockoff. I'm hoping that he added a little bit extra originality and flair to it because he's a great visionary director, but sometimes he can hit and miss on certain products. I wonder if you'll watch it and you'll know that there was it was a Star Wars well, like I, I wonder, well, just in the trailer, a, yeah, uh, you can tell there, that. You know, I was it was going along fine <laughs> until a guy pulls out a laser sword, and then I'm like, well, wait a second here, this is just a Star Wars ripoff. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, you kind of blatantly did that too, man. So like, I thought he would probably eliminate that and come up with some yeah, other kind of weapon, dude, but damn. I was like, oh, there's no. plenty of other space <laughs> weapons you can come up with. Well, apparently well, if I you see, if to I rub see, it in their face. If I see D2R2 and O3PO, <laughs> then, then I'm turning the shit off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so if are they you, have are you... droids, and if there's still some mystical religion thing that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, in wow. part of the universe, Ooh. then it's like, well, what are you doing? It, this is just a ripoff. Other than asking for a lawsuit from, uh, from Disney yeah. to Netflix, that's all he's going to ask for, because that's what's going to happen. Oh, the movies aren't making money. Let's see if the lawsuit can. <laughs> It'd be cool to have like a new franchise that's like not based on any books yeah. or like someone like like we need like another George Lucas to come and just, you know, make a, you know, the closest we've had to that is like a John Wick, right? Like, although mm-hmm. wasn't John Wick, wasn't he a book first or was that a brand new I character? So. I forget. So it was, a, it was just a movie. Okay. Original screenplay. So that's what we need. They wrote it for him while they were filming The Matrix. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what we need. Technically, I heard it was written for another actor, an older actor, uh, and he passed on it. And then it filtered down to uh, it filtered down (laughs) it filtered down to um, uh, to Keanu Reeves. But it was written for, and I can't remember who it was for, but it was for an older actor because he was supposed to be in the earlier scripts. He referred to like an old. Oh, an old dude, and so, so he was like way removed from being like John Wick was. So, yeah. But all I know, all I know is I read on TMZ today that Keanu Reeves' house was broken into, burglarized, and someone stole a weapon. And I can't tell whether or not that's real news or this is a really <laughs> great, clever marketing for John Wick Five <laughs> to go get his like legendary weapon that was stolen by somebody to seek revenge, but. I don't know who the f- burglarizes John Wick's house, but Mm-mm. well, like, this time they didn't kill the dog, though. So, you know. <laughs> no, but you know some of that stuff. You just you know you go into the wrong house, and you know I'll go a hundred times into Steven Seagal's house because <laughs> I'm not worried about that guy right now. John Wick, I'm worried about what he could do, not just with a gun. Well, Steven Seagal's, house, you, <laughs> Steven Seagal's house, you might get some wigs and barbecue sauce. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Not going to be too many weapons, I'll be honest with you. Um, 
Yeah, I just uh, again uh, for the sake of like a new franchise from the ground up. I hope mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I think we're all probably hopefully give it a shot. And we'll see, but um, I think the industry is seeking something something new. So maybe this can come to play. I look at like Dune. It's like been there, done that. It's really great. But it's like we need something like that, some epic thing that w- it hasn't already been created. So uh, it, it's uh, the. Um the the original lead was written as a 75 year old man okay but but it was but it was given to keanu reeves and he said i obviously know you're not 75 years old and then that's when yeah so yeah i I looked it up that's what that's what he said but yeah because he he said he was like it was fun watching clint eastwood kick ass (laughs) Mm. well if they if they kept it like that it probably would have been jeff bridges who ended up doing the old the old man exactly um great yeah. series too man great series yeah. i'm yeah i'm praying they do another second season to that one man mm-hmm. the old man no man uh fx i haven't seen it you have not seen it oh geez yeah you that's good take take the weekend brother take the weekend <laughs> yeah got it uh anything else any other uh trailers movies that anybody's seen that you're excited about that's coming out no, um, I was trying there to. There was think the of... new Kong and uh Godzilla. Oh, okay. I thought we what? might have touched on that last week, but maybe we didn't. We, we didn't really talk about it because no. okay. there is, uh, yeah. you know, it seems like there's a evil Kong as well in this exactly. uh, little orange haired uh ginger freak uh <laughs> Kong, but uh, you know, that's how you can tell he's evil. Mm. Well, I was waiting for like the tag team championships to be given uh, to them because it's like Kong and Godzilla. I'm, I'm in for this one. Are you like, kidding yeah. me? I'll watch it. I don't care if it's a, like I don't care if it, there's no story. I don't give a shit if the acting's bad. All I want to see is some badass Kong Godzilla versus the the ginger Offer. freak monkey Doctor Brantley. If you just told me, hey, what's this movie about? It's King Kong and Godzilla fights the ginger freak. Bad monkey, I'm all in. This is right here. Give me my large popcorn. I'm going. In. <laughs> so, like I said again, you know what? Legendary has done a great job, and instrumental enough too. Uh, I've been watching that uh, Monarch: The Legacy of Monsters. First of all, Kurt Russell is back, man, in a big way. But his his son White is equally as well. They played the same character through different ages. Mm. and uh it's it's probably you know i thought like okay how are they going to do a show about monsters that's going to be extremely expensive to use the monsters and make the actual story work for itself because i think that's the one problem with the legacy uh legendary movies is is that the the human element in most of them doesn't fit quite right they haven't done a good job it's like they're more annoying and you want to see more of the monsters this is the first time they did a great job uh, the actors are all fantastic. The story is written well. This is how you do a television show that's well thought out. And if Marvel is uh, paying attention, you know this. You know they couldn't just throw Godzilla in the post. They did a great job, but the humans are the storyline is equally as entertaining. So um, they're they're running all cylinders right now, and I give them credit for it. Great job, Legendary. White Russell was probably one of the best things about the new TV MCU playing uh, John Walker, mm-hmm. like U.S. agent John Walker. Like he was badass. Like he's mm-hmm. such a 
good actors. So I got I haven't checked that series out, but I definitely want to check it out. Um, anything else? Like I'm, I think uh, I think there's some some decent stuff um, coming out. So we'll we'll stay tuned. And uh, Aquaman, oh. Chad, are you still uh, going to volunteer time? I will. Oh no, no, Mr. Storm. Uh, is the one that said oh, actually, right, uh, actually I, I've, I've unfortunately uh, are going to base my tickets around that <laughs> unless there's some uh, a legal way of watching it early <laughs> but, no, but no I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go to the theater to see uh, Jason Momomo he, actually uh, where I stay out too because you know I'm out in the Inland Empire California he was uh, down at a um, I guess a, a winery and he was signing because I guess he has a, a wine or something that he's doing. And he was signing a bunch of autographs. And then, like, uh, one of my buddies called me up and said, Jason Momoa was down at this winery. And he's like, people are like, he's cool as shit. He's just like, like no security sitting out with people. He's signing books. He's having a good time. He's just yeah, that's a very down to earth kind of human yeah. being. Yeah. You know? He seems so, like a cool as shit, dude. Like, I've seen, yeah. like, I've seen lots of videos of him just like coming up to people and hanging out and drinking beers. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally saw that guy um, at uh, at San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Where I was sitting there with a with a friend of mine, and we were trying to figure out like who was walking in, and like obviously Jason Momoa when he kind of walks in is just like, oh, that's Jason Momoa, is a big ass dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he like walked in. There's like no one around him. It's just him and uh, I think is whoever he's with at the time. <clears throat> And he had like a baseball hat on, just like whatever, right? And it was it was funny as shit because it was like no one knew it was Jason Momoa walking in <laughs> unless you like looked. And and my my friend and I saw him get in to the elevator and we're like, oh shit, that was Jason Momoa. And like maybe like 20 minutes later, he comes down and it, it's that I, th- I think he was getting ready to go on to like Hall H to talk about Aquaman, like the first mm-hmm. one. But he came out of the fucking elevator and had changed into clothes to go to Comic-Con. And I was like, that is one good looking dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, came out, he came out of the elevator and I was like, I, that doesn't make any sense that that is a human being. Like that dude is rad. And he was still, he was cool as shit. He was saying hi to people. He wasn't, he wasn't like, mm-hmm. he wasn't like putting his nose up. He just was like saying hi. And then he, and then when he had to go, he was like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I gotta, I gotta run. And he just like took off, but it was like, he came down and like his, like all the flowy clothes he wears is like majestic as shit. And I was just like, man, <laughs> that dude, <laughs> like, I'm not really into dudes, but that guy, like you, you just gotta, you just have to at some point just admit when you see something, you know what I'm saying? Like, Chad was just uh, mesmerized. Huh? Did he like oh, wave dude. his hair in slow motion for it's you? The only person I've ever seen in real life that looked better than me, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> did he? Uh, did he I give don't... you? A, did he give you? Give you a bottle of the Aqua Merlot that he had well, on him? So too? He did. And what was funny is that like I was the only one he asked for an autograph. So <laughs> uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, me and Momoa were pretty tight. Yeah, well, no. I can't wait to hear how Aquaman goes. Yeah, well, uh, now, like I said again, thinking about the guy, you know, I, I really hope for success. Unfortunately, I think the cards were stacked against them. But you know, hey, you know, any anybody that goes and sees Aquaman is just because they want to support Jason Momoa. Exactly, exactly. Like, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, 
the the storyline I don't think is going to be good. I mean, we mm-hmm. I, I showed I, I took a picture and sent to you guys of all the toys and in Target, yeah, yeah. and we were all like, those are going to be on clearance before the movie comes out. <laughs> so. Those look like that's going to be in the uh, Ross Eternal bin next to them. Shang-Chi, there's a whole bunch of stuff over there. (laughs) And I did notice their uh, new marketing strategy. Yeah. Where (laughs) what they're pushing is IMAX 3D. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so they're doing it like, you know, a bunch of uh, tricks with the After Effects. Uh, so it looks like the it's coming at you and all this stuff. There's like, oh, it's a big spectacle. Go see it. You know when that's pointless? When it comes out and people want to buy it for their house because they don't have 3D TVs. And it was also mm-hmm. pointless when everyone had 3D TVs because they didn't care. Exactly. Like, I'm yeah. not going to sit and watch a 3D TV at my house. <laughs> like, why would I do that? You guys will watch this in 3D? Not really. Just yeah. just put on regular, man. Yeah, just not not really into it. Never, never really picked up. I remember Family Guy did something on that, too. They were like... It's like Peter Griffin bought a TV. It was like uh, like HD, and then and then it might have been Family. It might have been actually Simpsons, but it's just like the next like twelve K TVs. <laughs> it's like three D TVs, four D TVs, Smellovision. <laughs> See, I I want to I want to watch Aquaman two and with Oculus on, so I can watch it, and then I could simulate me getting out of the theater, leaving the theater, <laughs> getting in my car, and driving off halfway through the film, but I'm still at home. So it's yeah, still like, rubber, you know what I mean? It's like it, yeah. not inconvenient, but mirroring what the fuck I would do if I actually went to go see them. Well, well, since it's in California, I'll just strap a GoPro to chest up until the time. Let me explain this to the, the movie authorities. Up until the time that I walk into the theater, <laughs> but I'll do it like as I walk out, I'll step it on. And oh, don't worry. You'll, the point. you'll be sitting next to a bunch of dudes with GoPros because Aquaman <laughs> 2 will be on the swap meets in DVD <laughs> format. <laughs> Very quickly. Like the cyber for swap meet <laughs> exactly yeah, it's, it's um get... well comic books i know we've talked a little bit about it we've dabbled on the subject obviously we're we're all comic fans we we have been for some time um i know there's a bit of this comic creator movement um lots of rumblings and news uh Maybe we could provide a little bit of context for the audience who may not be as informed to comics, and we could talk a little bit through kind of what that means. I don't know, Mr. Storm, if you want to kind yeah, of talk sure. about some of the thing that's happening, because I think it's relevant to you know what's what's transpiring in Hollywood, what's transpiring across the entertainment, and now impacting comics as well. Of you know, creators really starting to understand, hey, what 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 does the future look like? How can I uh potentially get more control like we just talked about with Mm -hmm. um what happened with Zack snyder and some of the stuff that he was working on and damaged reputation and things of that nature so uh, i'll pass the baton to you to kind of talk through what what we want to get into absolutely yeah it's like uh the point of comic creators movements is that creators are being a little bit more empowered now and it used to be very stale i think it happened in let's say the um the early the late 60s early 70s there was a huge independent market that really blew up and like you know guys were like obviously a lot of the the dave sims of the world and a lot of other underground books 
were doing well. And then it kind of went away. And then right around the um, late 80s, early 90s, it was the image kind of run where they had left all their mainstream jobs and they had moved to form image comics and they basically became superstars. And, you know, Marvel swore that they would never allow superstars again. They would never build those guys up to that level to have them leave. And now we're running back into it where I think a lot of creators, I know Ed Brubaker was uh, talking about his, um, you know, feelings about the whole Winter Soldier scenario and how he basically, the amount of money he was paid and he couldn't even gain access into the actual after party of the movie so there was a little disrespect and guys are like i'm not going to work and create these characters for these corporations uh that are basically living off of the work we've done but we don't get any privileges so they now there's a movement and let's be honest mark miller was probably the guy that revolutionized this new movement uh he had a imprint called miller's world which was highly successful. Okay. The movie Want It was based off of it. There's He's had Kingsman. Uh, he's uh, kick-ass. There's so many characters that he came up with, and he started seeing that. Then he jumped around and sold all that over to Netflix. And he had, from that whole aspect where he was producing books all over, he went exclusively with the Netflix deal, and they were publishing through Image Comics, which this is kind of the, the, the whole full-circle moment that's going to Image. Just recently, he announced that he's pulling all of his work and it's going to go over to Dark Horse now. And he's going to have new printed volumes of Wanted and all these other things. And all of, he's also going to produce four brand new points. And uh, he did it. And it's kind of like I, I've been hearing on the confusement because he did an article a couple of weeks ago that he was basically saying how to fix the industry. And he was like, I think all all the big creators need to go to the big two, build up those characters, bring in uh, back artists and writers and build that up. And then that's going to hold that's going to create obviously the industry better for the smaller guys. But then he goes ahead and does this whole move with moving his library over to Dark Horse and he didn't move it to Marvel. He didn't he's not doing any kind of major books, or at least it hasn't been announced. And then Brian Hitch. Who, if you know Brian Hitch, he's probably one of the best artists in the last, what, 15, 20 years. Uh, the great notoriety for uh, The Authority. Uh, he also did the uh, um, Ultimates over at Marvel. Uh, he's done some great work. Well, he basically stated that he is no longer going to do any more work for hire work. He's only going to work on books that he has a vested interest in or ownership. And so a lot of these guys, his ghost machine was created over the summer. You got Jeff Johns and a whole bunch of guys there. So they're seeing, and, I, and I'm wondering if they're going in for, you know, because they see how lucrative all these properties have been, but are they getting in too late to it now? Because some of these movies aren't doing well and, you know, they might be, and they know that the time is now and they better grasp on it. Or is it generally a point where, like, you know, we just saw Steve Ditko's family get retribution for uh, Spider-Man this week from Marvel? So, you know, I, I, I'm all up for creative movement. That was my little spielo. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this. Oh, it sounds like you were about to say something. <laughs> yeah. Just go uh, ahead, brother. <laughs> You can go. You can go. I, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to 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 think of my words wisely on this, <laughs> on this topic. Um, well, it's about time. 
Uh, first yeah. of all, that these guys that have the power because they're the ones that are creating all the stories and doing all the artwork that, you know, if you don't have them, you don't have all these stories that you're making billions of dollars off of in other media. And if you get rid of them and just hire just some guy to do it, the stories are not going to be there. The art is not going to be there. And you're seeing the decline of sales in the big companies. But mm -hmm. what these guys are doing by going out on their own, they're not trying to compete with Marvel and DC with superhero stuff. I think it's other stories that they're telling. Because the one thing that comics is great at is sort of just a, uh, you know, a static thing of what a movie is like a storyboard and people can see it uh, rather than just reading the script and that's a lot easier for people making decisions like oh yeah this will be great when we get our production designers and we have sound effects and all that stuff you know so yeah it's so it's a smart move i'm i'm all about the move i think that um Marvel and DC have what I like to call McDonald's money, meaning they could put the dollar towards quality versus quantity. So if it was really a big deal to Marvel or DC, they would pony up the money for, for these fantastic writers and great artists. But the problem is, is that they're 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 not, and and then they and then they just think that they can do it without it. And the problem is, is that Marvel and DC, and I don't want to say Image because I think Image still has some some good things, but for we'll keep it on like Marvel and DC. I, I you know DC historically has always had way better stories in terms of like comics than uh than marvel and that's just that's just it's it's always been that way marvel's marvel's fantastic it's fun they have they do have some like really crazy storylines but storylines have always been more more fleshed out in in dc comics well if you if you go back and like even even to just like as early as is like the 90s um there's always been this like mentorship thing that kind of happens where you have a writer writing and someone gets pumped about it and then they they join in writing but then the 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 big names take them under their wing and they learn how to tell stories the way that these guys tell stories but that shit isn't happening anymore because no one wants to give them the money and the problem is is that they think that they can just keep paying the guys to write the stories the same amount they paid them in the 90s and you can't do that so you have these guys that are like, yeah, I'm a good writer. I understand it. Like, you know, Ed, Ed Burbaker's fantastic. I, I've read a lot of his stuff, um, you know, you, but you have it, J, uh, Williamson too. Like, there, I mean, there's there's so many good writers that just have nowhere to go. But the, the, but the thing that I'm worried about is that there's been a few that have have been successful in in the movie tv game and mm -hmm. uh walking dead historic like it's gonna be the most famous version of that 
right? Um, mm-hmm. But Correct. my fear is, is that, and, and maybe it's not a bad thing because these guys have been writing comics for so long that, you know, just you just have to adapt it. But my fear is, is that they're going to go and take all this and and go do it to where they can get like all the rights, which I, I believe that they should have um, to a certain point, because I do think that there is, there is something to be said of having rights to something when you are putting a lot of money behind it, like Marvel and DC. Um, and it's just, it's just not, it's just not keeping up with what they need to, to keep these people as writers. But my fear is, is that these, the writers are going to go and they're going to jump over and they're going to get caught up in the idea of writing a book to try to get a TV deal. And well, that's that, what they're doing now. Man. Yeah, yeah, and that, but that's what that's when it, that's when you start mm-hmm. reading something where you might read like a an Ed book and then you're like, well, this doesn't like this doesn't really line up with like I read you know Red Pulp and that like this whatever he's writing now isn't as good as Pulp or Criminals or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's my fear. I I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I talked a little bit about it uh, of uh, quite a while ago on, on the podcast, but. One of my favorite series was Five Ghosts of Fabian Gray. That guy was like, a, he was kind of a writer out of nowhere. And then he was supposed to get a deal with HBO or something. And they bought the rights to it for like TV movie. And then they shelved it and like, I, he can't do anything about it now. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, so I, I think that's, I think that's where my fear lands. Um, but again, they've been doing it for so long that I, I think that they just write good just by default at this point. Well, the, I think your fear is very relevant. They are doing it now. I know a lot of people, Dr. Brittany and I have known people, also Chris, you know, that they're just in it to, you know, pitch something to TV, get it to the next level. They they create an IP and it's never about being just in comics. It's like what it can it jump into. So they're doing that now. The one factor of all the creative movement that's going on, and I, I love creative movement, but the problem of it is you're putting so many pieces of product out and some of it's good, some of it's not so good. And uh, one, it weighs heavy on the comic shop owners because they basically are, you know, on life support at this moment, trying to think about how can we order what's going to be the next hot thing? What's the guarantee? Well, it used to be Marvel and DC. That was the bread and butter that was paying them. Maybe some image books, a couple of dark horse books, but they're not getting it now. Now they've got this new company, this new IP that these guys are so grand schemed on creating but they have no appeal other than the creators itself. So now you're leaving loopholes out here. And, you know, Brian Hitch is a great artist, but he's jumping to do his brand new book over at an image now. But how is that helping the owners of these stores? Where's the hype? Where's it? It's not like in Japan where, like, you know, you can have 100 artists drawn one piece and it's such a big franchise, it's, it's, it's propelling a movement. These guys' books make small bleeps. Like I, the the good thing that I gave Robert Kirkman was he brought in uh, GI Joe and Transformers from Hasbro. I read GI Joe three hundred one with Larry Hama, just on all cylinders. It looked great. The book is doing good. That's an IP that's helping these shop owners. I specifically went into a shop and I asked him how's he doing. He said, "Man, GI Joe is selling off the chains, and I think it jumped over, if I'm not mistaken, over a hundred thousand uh, copies." And it went to a second printing, and then the Transformer book did well. That's the stuff that these creators don't understand that's helping the industry itself. You creating your one unknown character 
and you're hoping that it jumps to the screen, but you know, now you got a comic shop owner ordering, you know, hundred copies of it and it doesn't move. That's killing it. The shops are, are dying because there's not enough IPs that people recognize. It's not like we walk into a target and we start looking at the, um, the, the young adults aisles, or you start looking at manga that's doing well. That's, that's moving. That's putting the kids hands. We've got to learn how to maybe not do so many passion projects for ourselves and like, how are we going to get these guys that are not 40 and 50 years old like us? How are we going to get the 10, 15, and 20-year-olds to consecutively come back into the shops? That's what these critters haven't started doing and thinking about right now. So that's my soapbox moment. You can have the rest, Chris. Yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> these big companies don't have to put out so many damn books. Yeah. I mean, uh, we were looking, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and it was like... Out of all the books that DC publishes, 80 of them were Batman titles. And that's just for Way one month. Mm-hmm. You know, out of like 110 books that they publish a month. And first of all, that's crazy uh, amount. There's, you know, no way that you can sustain that. And they're not. So it's mm-hmm. why the whole Well, if they put their apart. efforts into one, maybe two Bat books, put huge teams on it, build it up, and cut some of the other books. And then the same thing with maybe you only need two Superman books, a couple yeah. of Spider-Man books, but just build the teams up. This is going to help the shops because the shops are dying right now. And it's because they don't have quality stuff and they're not getting that foot action of younger people. Now, the card game is doing that extremely well. We're not learning from the same thing when we had, we were talking about comicology. We, th- we let Amazon murder off the digital field. Well, the digital field was drawing more people back in that just didn't walk into the shops, but it helped get people into the shops. And Amazon just, just killed that off now. And there's no yeah. real, like, you know, there's no real plug-in for that to help. It has to get out of this, like, archaic 1950s view. We're still buying comics from, like, no longer newsstands, but shops is still trapped in the you know the earliest 20th century well, instead the, of moving into the 21st century and the shop the shops don't know what to buy to be honest like you when you're when you're ordering comics you're 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 ordering what you hope people want to read mm-hmm. and and like to speak specifically on batman which is probably one of my favorite all-time comic book anythings um you really need to just cut the shit out like you need a detective comics Batman and you need a action packed Batman. Exactly. And that is literally all you need. You don't need you don't need Gotham Knights, you don't need uh like you can if you want to do a lot of Batmans, you do one offs like I remember Scott um uh Scott Snyder. Snyder. He yeah. he did like a few Batman runs, then he did that huge thing with Greg Capullo, like mm-hmm. just and, and that that was a fantastic run. That dude created new. He did the Court of Owls. He did mm-hmm, uh, he Mr. Did. Bloom, which is one of my mm-hmm. like Mr. Bloom is very close to being one of my favorite villains of all time next to Joker. Like so he but but what is happening in D.C. and like as somebody like I was religiously like I think I told you guys my budget for comics back a while ago. I was spending like a hundred, two hundred dollars a week on on comics trying to keep up. But the pro- the problem was was like every Batman thing you try to buy was just like I can't like 
and and what they do is they do this bullshit tactic where you're into a story and then in order to get the mid part of the story you have to buy a different version mm-hmm. of of Batman that you just like you don't like the writer and you don't like the artist so why would I buy that book right and that and yeah. that's where I think when when DC when DC and Marvel started doing that because Marvel's Marvel has a history of doing that crap too. When they started doing that, they started losing a lot of people. And then people yeah. were like, well, you know what? Cool. I'm going to wait. And then that's when you started getting like the trade paperbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you would have people, you'd have people that be like, I would buy all, all seven or eight of those books individually so I could read them, but I'm going to wait until it comes out and I'm going to trade weight it because I don't want to, I don't want to buy all these. Like it's just not, it's just not. And they, and they do that. And then these comic book stores, buy all of these issues and they sit on the shelf mm-hmm. and, they, you know, and they can't do anything with uh, with them afterwards. You know, so why you, do they want to buy them? You know, what's interesting is uh, there's a local comic book store <clears throat> and what they do is they do like meetups for releases mm-hmm, and they have DC, they have Marvel, they have independence. You know what the highest attendance is for people to get together for 15. different releases? What do you think? 15 not even that oh jesus and the highest attended night mm-hmm. is the independent stuff well which tells you mm-hmm. like who like there's not excitement like people are excited to talk about new the new stuff like what's this like this in this independent kind of like hey are you reading this like but to talk about one of 15 batman stories who wants to get together and talk about that stuff Right. Well, and so, again, that goes back to I don't think anybody's interested to jump on a podcast like us. I don't think anybody's going to talk about weekly something that is oversaturated. But if it's something hot and new and fresh, we're all excited about it. And we want to talk mm-hmm. about it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with comic books. So it's just interesting that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I think like if you had a DC release night, like the, the, the shop oh, would be packed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, packed. Right. And I think mm-hmm. I get it. Right. We talked about this in other casts. Um, You know what the comic industry needs to do a bit differently, but still it also has to do a lot with the content. And, it does. It does. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Any other thoughts before we move on? Because we're going to keep it in the comic realm with our best of series. But I want to make sure that nobody else has any other thoughts on this. Because no, we do. You know, but you know what? Let's just let's just be continued this man because I you know I think it's like you know they need to start listening to um, data and they need to start thinking about moving it in the directions and also start paying attention to what Penguin Random House and all these other publishers are doing and how they're doing leaps and bounds over them, but. We'll talk about this all night and never hit a solution, but this yeah, is, but we should part to it. If they're not into Star Trek, I don't know why they would listen to Data. It is a witticism, a gag, a bon mot, a fluctuation. Stop. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, Dad ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, children of all ages, it is now time for the Shadow Crew Podcast's best of series, and this evening's best of series is the best comic book franchises of all time, and and sticking with the comic book realm. As an example, Batman would be one. Now, we have to clarify, does that just mean Batman, or does it mean Batman-specific? 
No, we're just saying just as a franchise, just Batman. Just Batman, okay, Mm -hmm. because there's 92 versions, as we've heard already. That's to print, (laughs) but we're just keeping it simple, like Batman. Okay, let's proceed. And I'm going to challenge myself because I'm not going to do... I'm gonna get some of the 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 different ones, the independents, right? Because we're talking about that. It's too easy to say some of these big names. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I have a few. I'll I'll kick it off. Okay. Uh, Nailbiter. Oh, was yep. that Nailbiter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comics. Yes. Josh, uh, Josh Williamson. Uh, gr- <laughs> like great series. Fantastic. I have. I have I think I I think I actually collected almost every version of every issue that that would come out. Um he he was he was great. He the the writing was fantastic. Um it's still going. It's, it it kicked up again. Um I got a signed copy of like issue 1. Um but it it's really the but you first- would say that was the best of all time as a franchise. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I think okay. I think I think I think of I think of all time like <clears throat> I mean of recent time, yeah, absolutely because okay. it's 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 a it's a story that has never been done. It's an arc. It created a lot of like discussion and got a lot of other like artists and writers involved in it. Okay. Um yeah, okay. I, I, I would say I would say it's there. Way better oh. than those stupid Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I don't even. That's why I said all, all time. Yeah, all right, I mean, it's, well, not gonna, it's not going to be Ninja Turtles. Let's be let's be real. Yeah, okay. but, yeah. Uh, current, current era. Yeah, uh, I'm going to current era still. Hellboy. Yeah, great franchise launched an entire universe. Dark Horse would not keep its lights on. If it was not for Hellboy, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna say uh, Preacher. Oh, oh, yeah, Vertigo. You know yes. the kilts. <laughs> so lo- yeah. Love that, especially the like. You know, things can be said about the TV show, but the run, the book, top notch. Man, that just made, that just made. Uh, I'm so sad right now. You said, you said vertical, and I was like, "Oh man, Fables was such a good series." <laughs> like all the um, Fables, it, it wasn't the best of all time. But and you know what? I'm just gonna stick. I'm gonna throw another one out there on the Vertigo front. Why the Last Man? Another rec oh, TV series, but yes, the actual yes. book itself mm-hmm. phenomenal. So Why the Last Man? Fan, yeah, got to be uh, up there. And I'll continue that. Uh, 100 Bullets. I was just I gonna say that. that. Rest in peace, <laughs> Vertigo. Yep. <laughs> they had a lot. Vertigo had a lot. Well, I, I actually probably read more Vertigo books than yes. major DC titles just because they were more interesting stories. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Most definitely. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, as we talked before, The Walking Dead as a franchise, it is probably one of those consecutive books that ran. Uh, they have a huge following, but yet I give credit to it. Uh, it was, it was. Uh, if it wasn't for The Walking Dead, the industry probably would not be at this level it is right now. You know, because he really brought like image back to when people were talking about, oh, there's an image comic book that's good. So I give uh, Robert Kirkman and that series uh, their kudos to it, man. 
See, this is hard because I know we're saying so. If someone did a run, like there's some characters, can I say like it, it's exclusive to the writer or artist, or we're just saying like it's oh, just a franchise, just okay. just a franchise. Yeah, just a franchise. Like you got to go back it's to tough. Vertigo, and it's I'm tough. surprised no one said Sandman. Oh, you know what? Yeah, and you know what? It had a pretty damn good Netflix show to it too. That it was mm-hmm. it's fa- wow, yeah, wow. it's fantastic. Yeah, Sand- Sandman's yeah, great. you're right. Yeah, that was a hell of a mistake on our end. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, uh, Sandman, <laughs> Sandman is... as as a franchise as a whole, it's been slipping lately. But you know, let's be honest, uh, they've done an extremely good job over the years, and now they're running into a little problem. The X Men, uh, the X Men mm-hmm. franchise number one is movies comic books tvs a lot of people are into comics due to some of the animated shows and some of the movies i was just gonna say across across, and there's some excitement with with you know because you would if you didn't have the x-men you would not have deadpool you would not have x-force you wouldn't have all these other characters so you wouldn't have everyone's favorite theme song from the 90s (laughs) exactly hear the music going uh, one of my personal favorites, and obviously this is going to be, you know, per se, uh, as a comic book franchise, even though it was a toy, G.I. Joe has been a great comic book franchise. It's And also it jumped to films. We're going to have to work on those films a little bit. Because it's great, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it is a great uh, series. Uh, let's throw the Transformers and that as well as a great comic books. So I remember in the 80s when it didn't have all they had was the animated show and the Marvel comic book. And I remember going to school and somebody was like, man, you get like, you know, Transformers 80. And it was like, you know, it was huge, man. I'm going to go back to Marvel Love, The Ultimate. Oh, yes. Uh, great, great franchise, 100%. And I'm going to say Black Panther. I mean, mm. for again, there's been some ups and downs with the franchise, but overall... You know, obviously, iconic character in print. Um, yeah. See, my favorites at Marvel were like Punisher, Ghost mm-hmm. Rider, Moon Knight, yep. and Captain America. But he wasn't Captain America wasn't very popular in like the eighties. Uh, you know, this was before Brubaker came in and sort yeah. of revitalized him. Brubaker is the reason why. Captain America is relevant today because that run, that Winter Soldier run that he did, and I remember we were going to the shops then. That was one of the single best runs to bring a character back from the dead until they did Batman in the Red Hood. And then it was like, wow. See, we need to do like, I think the continuation to this is like the best runs because I would say like Moon Knight, like Warren Ellis's Moon Knight, like, you know, there's like certain Mm -hmm. runs that you would say like, if you say Daredevil, I don't know all the way through, but there's been certain Daredevil runs that sure. have been just right. amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe Frank that's Miller what we'll, and... that's our, maybe a that's next what we'll do time. that. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that next time. That'll be <laughs> a tougher think, challenge. What, what do you guys think of Saga? Oh, no. No, Saga was pretty good, actually. Uh, Saga. You know? Ryan Vaughn? Yeah. Saga was yeah. a very, mm-hmm. very influential into images, uh, images growth. I'll say a great franchise uh, that interesting take when they moved it to films, DMZ. Mm-hmm. DMZ, I remember going yep. to the comic book store, and uh, yep. I believe that's another Vertigo book. Oh, it, a, it is a Vertigo book. <laughs> but uh, I remember constantly that was one of the best written, best drawn books that just 
month in and month out hit the stare. And also, this is one that Dr. Brentley is going to do because when I say it, he's going to laugh. Uh, and they haven't pulled it to uh, films, but one of the best uh, comic book franchises was uh, Planetary. Mm, Planetary, yeah. blew, every month it had a brand new title font. A brand they would switch the book up monthly. And that was like Warren Ellis at his prime and John Cassidy. Fantastic, man. And yeah. we're going to have to throw that back into runs as well, too, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Constantine Hellblazer for oh, sure. Yeah. Most definitely. And they need to make another movie of that because they actually did it pretty well the first time. <laughs> they could have an opportunity to do it even better the second. But that's. I also liked that TV show. That was a pretty good TV I, show, okay, the Constantine I, show. I got I to gotta pause this real quick. All right. Because I'm getting real pissed right now. Like, what dipshits were sitting around the table and agreed to the fact to kill off Vertigo? Because, like, we talked about go back to episode eight. Because here's here's the thing: there's one dipshit, and it's and it's the head of uh, DC right now. Was the head of DC? Was the head of DC? Big send off. And I, and I know, and I know that they said Black Label is like Vertigo's successor, bullshit, whatever. But I was just, I'm like, you know what? If this is under Vertigo, because I was pretty sure that it was, and I just had to look it up right now. But American Vampire by Scott Snyder yes. is a, it's yes. a great run. And I was like, there's no way this is. And then I looked it up is on Vertigo. I was like, okay, whoever the f- was in this. F- like stupid ass meeting that decided that vertigo comics was gonna f- get killed off like it's the stupidest shit i've ever heard of in my entire life because you can still buy these f- books and they're great and they're all the all of the great storytelling bullshit stuff that everyone wants to read is on vertigo comics like it's just go go look sandman american vampire hundred bullet like which we just all, named there's all 15 of vertical books we've named just now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all it's all there, but like let's kill it off, you know? Let's just get rid of it because dumb. I, sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm mad. This is stupid because there's so many good it, it Vertigo Comics was like 93 is when they started that shit and it and it was started to like give unknown shit a chance on DC and it ended up being a strong arm of it. And it's like, maybe, maybe if you were trying to cut costs, you should be like, hey, let's get rid of these 340 titles of Batman that no one gives a shit about and just put the money into Vertigo. And then we'll, we'll have something because Vertigo even spawned a bunch of games. Like, I don't know if you guys remember Telltale. Like, I do. Remember. Those, yeah, those guys, all of their games came from Vertigo. All of them. They were all, they were all minus Walking Dead. Minus but Walking it was, Dead, yeah. Yeah, but it was like, it's all. Whatever, I'm I'm over it. But I, we can, I'll yeah. I'm, this is stupid. <laughs> like every every comic we've listed right now is like Vertigo. Like who? Well, again, it, here's the thing. The good thing about the best of the series. Let me just throw this in. Uh, Fantastic Four, uh, Superman. Let's throw yeah. Spider Man in. Let's make sure that some of the big ones. I say the Avengers, most yeah. definitely Justice League. Would you, you say know, Uncanny Uncanny X Men? Uh, X Men, Uncanny X Men, just itself. Yeah. Uh, whatever situations, all of them were. Those are the franchises that built this industry. Uh, let me uh, credit let me, it. Let me piss off Chet, Chet Maddox even more. V for <laughs> Vendetta. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, American <laughs> Splendor. Uh, <laughs> I Zombie. 
there i mean there's been so many things that they've turned into other you know like tv shows and uh, history of violence uh, let's just yeah the camera's gonna go flying in a minute we just keep, keep like, naming more of these uh, see, that, that's that's the good thing even with the best of series or whatever situation these are things that are debated into the shops dated in the conventions made into people's phone calls and conversations and everything lucifer yeah <laughs> there you go you've got the beauty of all this happening and passion still there and you see that that's what's transpiring animal man yeah, animal yeah. man. If what you about, love, what about the saga? What about the saga of Swamp Thing, the best Swamp oh. book ever by Alan Moore on Vertigo? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. just keep going. It's just no, uh, it's not a good book. It's yeah, <laughs> but you know what? This is this gives the debate. Listen to the show. Go into the local comic book store. It, you know, buy a trade paperback or buy some original issues and, and start looking at some of these books because you know a lot of these things. Look, a hundred bullets. It's like John Wick. We just haven't seen it. You know, get into the situation. John, if John Wick worked for a government agency that was disemboweled, you know, like go into the shops, ask for these books, start reading something beyond just the norm of the the top. There's a lot of great franchises that are are buried down that's not going. So, yeah, this is going to have to be continued over to the best runs, <laughs> the best comic book runs of all time. Let's give, D- let's give DC actually like kingdom come. Like yep. there's, there, mm-hmm. there's some DC, like I know right. where vertigo, there's some straight DC stuff that was good too. But that's definitely one 52 like is another yep. one. Like, so I know we're giving DC shit, but there's some good <laughs> books too straight from DC. True. True. So, you know, all right. And like I said, that's that's the beautiful thing about the best of series. It is debatable and actually brought the debate. And I love that heated passion from chat where he's like, I'm just going to slam my computer in the ground and just drive to Burbank and cut somebody out. <laughs> I, I will. I, it's this is it's like DC keeps the, the and this is the problem, though, that that's what I'm talking about. Like DC is like. It's it's just like it's been tossed around between Warner brothers, like AOL, like wh- whoever else. And it's like, well, you're not making any money because you got rid of all the good comics. That's what, that's what your problem is. You got rid of all the good comics from vertigo, which took all the writers, which then you were left with like trash writers. And you, th- and you thought to yourself, <laughs> you know what? More Batman. And knowing it's like, well, you know, the the industry needs one thing. It needs fresh set of eyes the same way that, you know, uh, network executives. You don't see the same executive time and time again. Like, they move them around a lot. And there's young guys that come up. And, you know, there's the Ryan Murphys right now and the Shonda Ryans and the rest of these people that are replacing the, uh, you know, old um, Aaron Spellings and everyone else. Yeah. So comics needs to evolve in that same way to get some young fresher guys like how we're gonna present like the video game industry say what you say about a lot of the i guess behind the scenes stuff that doesn't look too right they do move it's the video game industry is not stuck in the 80s so they're constantly evolving and getting executives in there younger and younger pushing the narrative let me ask you a question then okay because we're we're at this phase i believe yeah the 90s is historically known for some of the worst comics to have ever like been printed. 
Where was it? Because I, I was into comics in the nineties, but I was too young to understand the change. But where where in the nineties was it that there was a switch and then comics started to get good again? What what caused that? I would say after the uh image comic phenomena that basically mm-hmm. brushed over and the the spectism, uh mm-hmm. speculators started falling off and out of the industry. And then it was stuck with it wasn't hot, it wasn't cool anymore. It became like it was in the seventies, where you needed good stories and good content to get people in the store. So I think it's like I say maybe four or five years after the image guys like basically disrupted the industry that you started getting back into the other generation of writers that came in and started to do certain aspects and started worrying about stories and they weren't worried about all the flash and grit of like, you know, because the image guys love them or hate them. The one thing that they did was they made art, the essentials and writing just an afterthought. And Mm -hmm. then it started to make a shift because those guys were no longer motivated to draw that you started getting people back into like what's a they need I need good stories and I think from that that's the reason why Mike McNola has a shot today is because thank God for the phenomena of the image guys and then people were like I want to see something with style something that's well written so okay. you know Eric Powell wouldn't be around with the goon right now if it was yeah. the, the flash for phenomena so I think that's what what brought in so we're looking like you know after the 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 wear off of the spectators and the image hype, it got back to the basics again. Don't underestimate Valiant's, um, pl- pl- like their yes. how they played a part in that as well. Oh, like, Val- image and then Valiant, like sure. you start you started to see some of these new characters, more talented artists. It just it, it was like a it was a cross collaboration between the two. Because <clears throat> don't don't forget, not just like the writing, but like the art was really bad too. In like Absolutely. early to nineties, there were some pockets, but it just like turned the cur- turn. I think we're kind of at that stage now. Like I'm mm-hmm. hoping again mm-hmm. that you know, there's um not so much on the art side. It's the rights. It's the writing right. side, mm-hmm. right? Is is where I think we need to. Well, if you look at it, like uh, Sean Gordon Murphy just did the uh, Zorro Kickstarter campaign that just shattered. This is the first like I think major superstar artist in a long time that his name sold like you know a bunch of books and that's that's a positive because here's a character that let's be honest zorro's been as long as if you're looking at flash gordon and all these characters and you're talking about superman batman zorro was the inspiration to batman and now he's getting new life and hopefully it'll probably be a movie based on it or something but so there are some guys out there that are starting to build that, and I don't think the Kickstarters of the world and everything normally help the comic book industry, but the way they did this Kickstarter for the Zorro stuff is going to trickle people into the comic book store. So yeah, let's see New Age thinking out there, man. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Chet, The Invisibles, um, <laughs> Doom Patrol. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> scalped sweet tooth uh yeah there, there yeah, were just keep a doing lot it. of them keep doing it. uh well that was a fun segment we definitely need to like do a, a v2 of that yes we do um, real, real quick i just got to give one honorable mention you said valiant i love valiant comics but exo man of war exo man of war yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a great read anyways sorry, go does ahead. anybody have bloodshot number one i still have that 
I think I do. Wait a second. I forgot my favorite of all time before you get into the ending. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, Oh, yes. Yes. uh, The comics. The comics. Don't don't worry about the, you know the other stuff. Like the movie, the comics. Well, we, we didn't say Watchmen. We didn't like. Well, we're seeing it now. Look, look. Hey, everyone, listening. Part like, two. Like <laughs> part two. Superman. Like we. There's some. You get it, right? There's some ones that you know. We don't have to say. We should definitely mention Watchmen. It's considered probably most death. Most death top if not you know top two top three so Mm -hmm. forgive us drop a drop a comment in the channel you can criticize us all you want smash a tv for those of you listening especially now because the tvs are you know give the best buy plug you could almost get them for nothing well i'm sure anybody that goes to their local comic stores or you know owns comic shops listening like what like they got some thoughts here too so we're happy we're happy to hear hey you Um, know what if you have thoughts on this stuff and you want to jump on to 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 episode number two and join us for the conversation like have it yeah yeah Yeah. i I would be it would be exciting to have somebody that owns a comic book store jump on Mm -hmm. so we can hear their side of the story because like honestly we could talk about this all day long but when you got people living in this shit and they're having to make these decisions based off of like other people's bad decisions like I, i i'm somebody that would want to like to have that conversation and pick their brain. So if you're listening and you own a comic book store and you want to get in on this and have a heated debate, fantastic. Let us know. Yeah, it's like theater owners. If the studios make shitty pictures and nobody goes to the movies, you've got a worthless business. Mm-hmm. If they yep. make blockbusters, you're doing great. Yep. Yep. I-, I think what we should do outside of the run stuff, here's an interesting show concept, and we'd love to invite anybody comic book owners what was the best peak vertigo peak idw peak mm. dark horse or peak image if you had to take a span of a few years image is peak- gonna blow everyone else out of the water you should take him out you think so <laughs> well i'm just yeah. saying well but i'm not talking about sales i'm talking about oh, well then the, the then it's era. up for grabs yeah yeah <laughs> let's be clear obviously the peak, the peak eras when they were forget going. business sense mm-hmm. we know image sold but i'm talking about art stories characters mm-hmm. legacy that'd be, good one. Yeah. that'd be cool to those four and, and also who had different ips at that time and what changed hands and like dark horse had you know when they first got star wars right and then idw they were doing like their horror line of stuff like it'd be interesting because all of them at certain time had a several years of like good shit. And then we know, you know, it's been a little bit of a challenge. So, um, Hey, before we get into our, uh, our sponsor, uh, segment, as we wrap up the show, I did want to just spend a, just a couple of minutes because as you all know, we're massive toy fans. And, uh, this, this week, uh, Mr. Storm was, was blessed with, uh, <laughs> maybe not Grand Theft Auto 10 years in the making, but one in particular we were super excited about. And then also what's up and coming in the world of GI Joe. So Mr. Storm. Oh man. I'm a number one. Uh, he, he, I basically, I emailed the, uh, the individual in the shop that sent, uh, you know, meow mirror in the back. I think you can see him right there. And so he, the, obviously 
for some strange reason, I was worthy of the power of Thor and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a truly blessing. I, I asked him, I said, hey, man, can I put the shop out or something else? Later? He said, look, no, I I just wanted to do something cool. I watched the show. I knew you were a huge fan of G.I. Joe and everything. But he said, I was looking at your, your shelving in the back of your office and there was something missing. And he said, <laughs> like, you know, I wanted to do. So I was I was like hyped, too, because when it came in the mail, I was like, what the hell is this? And it's just out of there. So as a fan, hey, thank you so very much. You know who you are. Uh, I will, if you if you want your name out, let me know. But I know you said you didn't, so thank you so very much. But and so that started the week off, man. First well, of all, gonna, I was gonna I was gonna say, what sponsor, what shop's gonna top Thor's hammer I, to I be know. featured and, on the podcast? I mean, what else is left? So and you know, I'm the funny saying. thing about it is that you know, look, we don't. It's not about getting anything. It's never been that situation. Somebody just DM me. And just basically said, hey, you know what, man, it's like, I love to see this, you know. And I was like, I was kind of like, well, why? <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. Like, you know, and he's a fan of the show. He said, I looked at the shelf. He said, that's going to fit right now. So I told him I predominantly I put it up. And then uh, so the week started off with uh, some toy hunts with Shadow. If you haven't checked that video out, go to the site, <clears throat> check it out. Uh, and we were at Ross and Ross was just booming. And so I was able to pick up a, a Croc Master figure that uh, was remarkably on discount. And then Shadow picked up a bunch of stuff. So we were just, and we were out in, I think, uh, Riverside somewhere. And it was like, you know, he called me up and said, man, you got to get over here, man. You got to see this and help me film. <laughs> so it was a double motive. So, you know, we're getting the G.I. Joe stuff in. There was Hasbro posting, ordered some, uh, some great new Joe's uh, pre-orders and everything else. And then... Out of the blue, which I know there's an unboxing video coming up, and I know Chet's working hard at it. <laughs> uh, the creme de creme. And when I tell you that this was possibly the best acquisition I have ever done, it goes to number one. And uh, I'm just going to uh, take myself out of the way right here, and you can see it right there on the shelf. That is the His Tank from HasLab. This thing... Is phenomenal. I have never had such a nervous wreck putting something together than this because it was like it came as like this thing so perfect. First of all, Hasbro, people give you shit about a lot of stuff. I'm not going to do that. It was packaged in like three boxes. They had like um, certain things to protect the side of the boxes in case, you know, FedEx, which I'm not a big fan of FedEx and never, no one is, uh, to make sure it wasn't damaged. But it was just the precautions. There was styrofoam. There was cardboard cutouts. There was everything to make sure the figures, nothing was damaged. And they also had directional things. They said batteries. They did everything to make sure that the FedEx guy could not just drive out his truck and throw it and just leave. And it was like, no, need a signature. Give them credit on the tear. But this was truly, number one, the light features on this thing. <laughs> Yeah, did you shit? You sent us pictures that shit lit up. I was like, I should. Like, I never seen. Oh, like what the hell? Like, <laughs> bro, I didn't. the 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 unboxing that he did at Hasbro, you have to see it in person. It's just like I'll, I'll give you the the whole Morpheus thing. Is it? I can't tell you what the Matrix is. You just got to see the his tank for yourself. That's awesome. <laughs> so there was some great stuff, man. Great toy hunts. I know. Like again, if you haven't checked out that uh, Shadows toy hunt. This week I'm in it actually for the first time. So Shadow has some dual help, uh, but it, it's fantastic. I know uh, Chris 
you had to come up, brother. You had to come up that you share it with the group. So uh, no, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, there that's what we do, right? Like we we go find the stuff inspired by Shadow himself. And as you can see in the back of the uh my, my man cave <laughs> is the Marvel Studios Black Panther official <laughs> helmet. Like you literally can pop this on uh your head. Uh, as you can see here, glowing up, that thing retails for seventy-five, eighty dollars. It's twenty dollars at Ross. So again, the fines are real. Oh, yeah. um, so super excited about that. And then a Boba Fett uh, action action figure from the Star Wars Star Wars Black Series line for six bucks. Wow, they're That's out cool. there, folks. They are out there. So you know, put on your Indiana Jones hat and go digging through the caves because oh. I at the I will tell you. There's a lot of things you just got. You just got to find. You just got to know where to look. I will say a personal thank you to the the greatest individual that's walked the planet and everything else of that. And he's not a celestial body, but he sometimes is. Mr. Chet's Maddox package from Oli's, his shadow's house. I'm supposed to drive down and uh, pick up stuff, but he did do something that no one else, not even the corporate buzz at Hasbro, was able to do for one individual. Dr. Brentley, do you want to say something about this? <laughs> Finally, somebody found Club Obi-Wan Indiana Jones. You're welcome. It could only be one man that could accomplish this feat. That is correct. It was not Target. Nope. It was not even eBay. No. It was Chet Maddox. Chet Maddox. Chet Maddox. Thank you, sir. Yes. Hats off. I, I'm excited that I was able to get that for you. You you had you had mentioned it, and you're like, if you happen to find it, and I think it was like two minutes later, I sent you a picture. I was like, oh, this one? thing. It was yeah. like <laughs> box. Yeah, I got I got like twelve of these. Which one do you want me to send you one? Yeah, one figure to rule them all. It's funny, yeah. like trying to find that one. And then Chet's like stumbles across fifteen of them <laughs> on a peg. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> That's where they all went. Yep. Uh, I, I made I made my request, and I was like, "Target, here's this is how this works. I'm gonna need you to have some of these." We're only stuck in the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, they did. Uh, I was gonna say. Um, I got I got two figures. I'm really excited about uh, the dinosaur figures from the TV show. Earl and babies and and uh, baby Sinclair. The, I'm gonna tell you right now those those are those are fantastic figures. The unboxing's coming soon, but I did start uh, the series, which should go up probably tomorrow or the day after for the Batman animated series. Oh, okay. Uh, Scarecrow is gonna be the first one that that's literally gonna probably be up. I, I'll probably say it'll probably be up tomorrow. Okay. Um, so that one's done, but I'm pausing. The next one's going to be Robin, but I pause because I have to get the dinosaurs unboxed. But now I went to Hasbro, and <laughs> uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite Decepticons is is uh, is Soundwave, oh. and they have a Soundwave GI Joe collab. Yes, yes. And I'm yeah. just like, man, that is talking about the uh, Thunder Machine. 
Yeah. Yes, brother. Yes. <laughs> Hasbro, Hasbro's got to know. They're like, up. Oh, Chet made another purchase. You got to exactly. be like top ten spenders at Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get I get text messages from Hasbro. Do you want to use the card on file? And I just <laughs> shows up at my house. Awesome. Well, we definitely uh, will be on the lookout for more finds. And uh, if you're looking for some additional finds. Uh, our sponsor has tons of toys and games available, Mr. Storm, as always. You know what, man? It's And, you know, I think people always think that we're very disingenuous when it comes to this part, but this is my favorite part of the show because, like, this is a section where basically we thank our sponsor, which is a mom and pops. This is the same people we were talking about early in the night that's fighting for those dollars that's going to give you the opportunities and look for your stuff and take care of it. So I'm I'm happy that we're, our sponsors are the little guys. You know, it's not the the targets. It's not the well, like we always joke about Universal Studios or anything else like that. But it's um it's toys versus games, toy stores, vintage video games. Uh, the you can do trades. You can do store credit. Shadow's preferred store. He's always down there. Ownership is extremely nice. Uh, they're always looking out for the customers. They, this is a place where the customers like Cheers. They know your name because they know who they're dealing with. You know, you can have them go in there and find items for you the same way, you know, Dr. Brenton was looking for uh, or Club Obi-Wan. You can put in a request. If they get it, they'll let you know. It's one of those aspects that just makes the entire podcast worth doing, knowing that we're also having just good people there in Wilmington, California. Stop by. Tell them the Shadow Crew sent you. Tell them that it's Shadow's preferred store. And uh, we thank them for being an absolutely great sponsor. Awesome. A couple channel updates. Uh, we got the Box Office Graveyard Series coming up. Um, we all challenged each other to watch some really mm-hmm. bad films. And I can't wait for us to debut uh Dr. Brantley's review on, uh, well, I won't give it away, but uh, probably some of the most fun we've ever had on camera. So looking forward to that. A retrospect Christmas series. Uh, if you all haven't checked out the retrospect series, please do. It's on the channel. Uh, as Chet mentioned, some unboxed stuff, more shadows, toy hunts, a few other things happening. The return of the tech master uh, talking about some wrestling hot topics. And then uh, Chet and I, Looking to uh, anchor down uh, some some stuff for uh, uh, kind of the retro review club, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, lastly, before we adjourn, Mr. Storm, I know you're going to be attending a cool GI Joe event. If you just want to quickly share for those who might be around that uh, may want to stop and say hi, if they if they can find you at the convention. Sure. Uh, the SoCal Joe Show uh, is going to be Sunday, December 10th. Temecula, California. It's at the NPC Suites. I'll be down there shooting some videos. You know, uh, It's the first time because, again, uh, there was years ago I tried to get uh, Dr. Brentley to do it, and he refused. He's like, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so I'm going to shoot it out to the show by my lonely up here. Uh, but I know there's some YouTubers out here that actually have went to the event the last couple of years. So it's going to be interesting to see some of our community of toy lovers uh, that's local to us and that have their own YouTube channels. I meet up with anybody. I will be plugging a YouTube channel next week. Uh, hopefully they do the same. So I'm looking forward to that show. Uh, I know Mr. Chad Maddox, if I see any vintage stuff, I'm going to send you hundreds of photos and tell you that you want me to pick it up for you. <laughs> yeah, And that is, and that is correct. I do want to, I do want to piggyback on that really quick. Uh, I'm planning on going to this 
but there's a Joe Fest, uh, and it's mm. a toy comic convention out in Georgia. No, uh, I'm June. going to that one too, brother. Yeah, you said June, in June? Yeah, June 21st through the 23rd. I'm flying up there for you, probably, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably, I'm gonna probably get get into that because that's that's the biggest one of the year, brother. And I got to be there yeah. this year. And also, uh, Bobby Vea's uh, uh, Action Force is usually there too, and I want to see that stuff up front and personal too. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm looking into that. Um. We'll. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Cause I. Yeah. Well. It'll be fantastic. Awesome. Well, as always, please like, subscribe, follow the channel, comment. It helps the channel grow. We appreciate you all listening, viewing. Spread the love. Spread the word. Any last thoughts? Uh, before we uh depart. Yeah, like uh, I, I pray uh, next week's just as good as hauls and surprises as good as this week, man. <laughs> Christmas came early. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.